have a YouTuber read my lips here. Hello. How's it going, guys? How's it going, everyone? Good. We're, we're, you know, we're all holding up all right, all things considered, right? Surviving during the pandemic. We're alive. We're here. We got the internet. Yeah. And we're here. Yeah. We're very yeah. privileged yeah. to have you. We're very honored to have you here. So thank you for thank coming. You. I appreciate um, it. So, uh, yeah, without further delay, let's go ahead. Um, you were telling us before the uh, the show how a, a YouTube shadow banned a video of yours yesterday. Yes. So I want to go ahead and start talking about that. Yeah, so I dropped the video yesterday, and I, I labeled it Blue MAGA, and I, I played around with the thumbnails, too, to see if that changed anything. Like, maybe it just had uh, a low click rate, a low interaction rate, but uh, some subscribers reached out to me and said, I never got notified of this video. Uh, I, I stumbled across it because I happened to just come to your page. Um, they definitely are keeping that video, not keeping, they kept that video down, because the first 24 to 48 hours are the most important for a YouTube video. And it was basically me talking about how uh, the Dems are pretty much right now for Joe Biden, a version of blue, blue MAGA. Uh, when you have, you know, a journalist coming out saying, even if Joe Biden boiled babies and ate them, I'd still vote for him. I mean, take that out of context. If I were to say, I vote for this person, even if you uh, boiled babies and ate them, who do you think I was talking about? You would think that was yeah. a, a MAGA supporter. No, that, those are Democrats. <laughs> those are Democrats. Uh, and then went on in the article to say, you know, even if he did do this to Tara Reid, you know, Trump's got to go so bad that she can take a backseat and uh, I'm still going to vote for Biden. Even if he did it to me, I'd still vote for Biden. What? Like, this is, it's insanity. So uh, people have been doing mental gymnastics uh, in favor of Biden. And hypocrisy is stunning. Yeah, it's stunning. Now, here's the thing. If, if they want to make a logical argument talking about we need to get back in the Paris climate agreement or, you know, about courts or, or something along those lines, fine, we can have a conversation. But when you're saying things like even if Joe Biden did what he did to her, to me, I'd still vote for him. It's hard to take you as a serious character. And yeah. you're pretty much shitting on everybody else that's gone through that kind of those kind of situations. Yeah. And yeah, it's 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 outrageous. And I'm like and even if you do vote for Biden, like it's nothing to pat yourself on the back about. Like No, it's like right, yeah, lots right. of two evils. We're so I'm so oh what a strong choice. I'm so brave. But you actually do see people trying to pat themselves on the back yeah. precisely in the way it is ridiculous yeah. because people yeah. have some people are so tone deaf about how they themselves are received, about hypocrisy, about how they are not uh you know, practicing what they preach. And the entire, the entire line on Trump and MAGA has been, this is just so beyond the pale, so absurd, so ridiculous. So he's saying things like, I could shoot somebody in the middle of a street and people still vote for me. That's exactly. not that far from, yeah, I would vote for, you know, somebody who raped me. Yeah, I mean, we got yeah. yeah. That's not Ex that, they're both stupid. They're both exactly. Stupid, right? You yeah. you you can't be outraged for Trump saying I'd shoot someone on Fifth Ave and they still vote for me, but then be you know complacent with someone saying if Joe Biden blowed babies, I'd still vote for him. It sounds like one of the same. It sounds like two sides of the same coin. And how I've been looking at it is we're literally removing one cancer and putting in another. Because I mean, let's just be honest. It's not like things are going to be heart stars and horseshoes when Joe Biden gets in office. Like. What's really going to change? Right. Is it one thing Joe Biden always says is, look at my record. Look at my record. Well, man, yeah, let's look at your record. Let's talk about the crime bill you helped draft. Yeah. Let's, let's, he, let's talk about how you prevented people from uh, claiming bankruptcy. Let's talk about yeah. how you built up private prison. 
Yep. Uh, your, your record does nothing to save you. Horrible record. And this is why I had a problem with Charlemagne the God interviewing him because he literally knew nothing. He's apolitical, right? He doesn't know about policy. He doesn't know about Biden's record. He can't push back. So, yeah, he doesn't know about the Patriot Act. He doesn't know about, you know, right. Biden's vote for the Iraq war, mm-hmm. uh, Biden cutting Social Security, you know, attacking Anita Hill, mm-hmm. things along those lines. You know, yeah. uh, being against bankruptcy protection for students. He doesn't know about any of that stuff, so he can't push back. So when Biden's telling him, look at my record, look at my record, Charlemagne stays quiet about it. Where if it was one of us interviewing Biden, we're like, yeah, let, let's take a look at your record real quick. Yeah, yeah. Remember that time you lied about Iraq? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how, you, how you could be, a, a lot, it is a case to be made that you're a war criminal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, remember how you got us into Syria and Yemen? Yeah. 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 Remember, the, yeah. remember that genocide you don't create? You're claiming to be the new FDR and you're you're trying to cut FDR's flagship program. You're known for trying to cut Social Security, which is what FDR. What bold, the, the balls you have to have on you to say, I'm the new FDR. It's like the they're immune balls. to balls. Yeah. And then, yes. look, and then, you know, if people have their issues with Medicare for all, and, and I'm not saying you have to be for Sanders version. I'm not saying maybe you're for, you know, Canada's version. There's different versions of Medicare for all that, you know, you can push, right? So I'm not even saying it has to be Sanders version. But when they talked to Biden, even just recently about Medicare for all, he said, he just flat out said, I want nothing to do with it. I do not support it. I want to go back to the... Uh, um, the Obama Obamacare, and that's all I want. And look, people are suffering in that healthcare system, and medical bankruptcy is still a thing. And you know, he he says he wants to black vote. You ain't black if you don't vote for me. The person that suffers in the medical system the most are minorities, especially African American women. And so, if you're so pro black, then you'd want to revamp this healthcare system to something where people aren't dying uh in the in the way that they are it's this dude's a joke like you're cutting right through to the to the to the universal substance of the argument which which is good i appreciate that 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 is that is real substance but beyond just that what audacity to be like i'm going to represent the blacks yeah i say If you don't like me, you're not them. Right? What the fuck is that? I shared that. I shared that meme. Talk about entitlement. What? What? That's insane. Way too. Way too comfortable. Like, oh, can you? Let's just flip the script. If that was Andrew Yang, if Andrew Yang came out in an interview with anybody and said, "Look, guys, uh, if you don't vote for Andrew Yang, you ain't black." Done. Yeah. Done. Bernie Bernie Sanders. Done. well, well, just like, one more before we move on. What if uh, Trump was like, if you don't vote for me, you're not white? What would people do? <laughs> right? <laughs> well, right. It's, well, it's like, let's explore it from all vectors, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, not an endorsement, well, just an exploration. Well, the thing that caught me off guard about that is, it's like, okay, being black isn't a club. It's you know a you know something you are born with. It is your physical appearance. It's yep. like okay, suddenly it's the uh, amount of uh, melanin uh, in your skin, right? Yeah, yep. pretty it's much. Like, okay. I decided to vote for someone else. Oh shit! I'm suddenly white. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> and Cerberus, you, no, sorry, Ron. I bet. Or read my. Yeah. So, so the thing is, is that like you, you say Charlemagne the God hardly knew about any of these things. That's because we have so much political hobbyism in this yep. country. It's not actual politics. It's just wearing a jersey for one side or the other without exactly. actually thinking about policy. It's exactly. Stupid. 
we've got this Charlemagne is on record saying, and he said it multiple times in his podcast. He said it in interviews. He votes for the more politically woke uh, situation at the time. What does that mean? So that means when it's a man and a woman running against each other, he's going to go for the woman. And he says, when it's a woman and a woman going against each other, he's going to go for the woman of color. Policy be damned. All that be damned. So we got this guy so that's a, so stupid. So, so it's identitarian. It's I mean, identitarian. Flagrantly identitarian. Uh, at least he's open about it, though. At least he's open about it. But why is he interviewing the potential next president of the United States? I really don't care what you have to say, right. Charlemagne. You don't care about subs. You don't. You really don't care about the things that are going to help change this nation. So you're going to vote the way you're going to vote. Great. Move on. I really don't want you casting an interview with Joe Biden because we're going to have the situation we just had. It's, yeah. like just a, it's just kind of a, a it's a moment where it's politically expedient to sort of gum up the works with that. You can yep. sort of pause any progress that might make the status quo uncomfortable. That's the only function it's, it's serving at the moment in time, I think, we're in. Absolutely. Absolutely. And now we and, and look, he's got a if you were to ask me four months ago, who's going to win, Donald Trump or Joe Biden? I, I would have said uh, Donald Trump, hands down, Biden doesn't stand a chance. His his. Uh, brains melting and Donald Trump is going <laughs> to obliterate him uh, on stage. But, you know, with the COVID now hitting uh, and Trump not handling it so great, um, Biden actually has a, ch- he has a shot, especially with blue mag. Yeah. Anyone no with blue mag and now people saying no matter what, no matter what I'm going to vote for Joe Biden. I don't care how bad he fucks up. Um, which is what MAGA says about Trump. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 he, he has a shot. I say it's a toss-up. Um, so, I mean, when he says something like, you know, if you ain't black, you can vote for me, it's going to get a pass that almost no other candidate would get a pass at. Right. I think I, I agree. I, I think uh, whether or not, or I, I, I should say the severity of the second wave of the coronavirus is really going to dictate who's going to be our, our next president. Yeah. What are they saying? That's going to hit like in September or something, August, September, the next probably the next big wave that hits yes. us. Yep. Um, and Trump is already on record saying he's not closing the country back down and that, you know, people are going to die. People die all the time. It's what happens. You know, it's a sacrifice for our economy. So it's a sacrifice that I'm willing to let you make. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what it's did we just hit a hundred thousand people? hundred thousand people are dead. Yes, sir. Three months. So yeah, uh, pretty crazy. I think with some of the protests though, as, uh, we had discussed on the podcast earlier, uh, we're seeing a lot of people that aren't wearing masks, you know, that are in very close proximity together. So we may see the second wave sooner than expected. Yeah. 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 And I, I, I'll be honest, guys, I've never understood the not wearing them. Even if, even if you genuinely believe it doesn't help, right. Just for other people's sake. I I have a rebuttal. My freedoms. My freedoms. Well, no, I mean, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, look, it's easy. It's easy to straw man these people, but if we really want to try to understand in, a, in an empathetic way, uh, somebody else is a regular speaker on our show named Diston. Has he kind of had an explanation that? It, it, well, it doesn't make. It, it's not the most moving thing. It makes more sense to me right. than anything else I've heard. It's like people but, feel it would be emasculating to wear a mask because they feel like they are. They need to demonstrate out in public their toughness, their their maleness, and their strength. And that includes their strength against a, a virus. That is, right. that is the explanation that, that Distan, who lives in, in the Midwest, gave, gave to me. And I was like, okay, that's like, 
that's shitty, okay. but it's something. It, it, it's, yeah. it's something other than like this is insane and I can't relate to it. Well, I mean, technically- I have the perfect oh. counter argument to that. You know who else is known for wearing a mask and is like the ultimate symbol of badassery? Ninjas. <laughs> 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 yeah, tell a ninja, yeah, take off that mask. It's emasculating. The ninja is a rebel is an underdog. They wear the mask because they have to. It's a hero of the people is the thing. I don't think the elites like the ninjas. <laughs> well, I covered that video where the guy thought, you know, it wasn't a big deal and it's probably a hoax. And then he ended up in the hospital. And then his wife is also in the hospital, but she's not doing so well. And she's on a ventilator. And it took that for this tough guy to be like, this is a real thing, guys, please be safe. So for a lot of people, it has to be at their doorstep uh, or it has to affect somebody close to them, which I've I've never understood. All the time we come here as a nation, as people are concerned with our culture and go like, yeah, it's gotta be personal before people, but then we stop there. We don't go like, how can we change it? How can we instill a sense of a sense of interpersonal responsibility into people who believe only personal responsibility matters? How? I'm like, like, it's not your freedom to walk naked uh, in front of like a playground. It's right. like, oh, you know, my body, my choice. But no, no right. one has right. the lanes on the freeway. It's, it's like, well, it's my choice to wear clothes. But like, you well, know, why do right. people yeah, it, feel like they have no responsibility? To simply exactly. uh, take take basic precautions to ensure the safety of one another. Why do people not feel that way? It's, it's so alarming. And how do you an, make them feel that way? What does one do if people don't feel that way? It's an American thing from what I've gathered because other countries, let's go back to South Korea, um, and a lot of in a, in a lot of instances, they don't, they don't, let's be honest, they don't have a choice. But it's very much community service. So how are you going to affect so-and-so and so-and-so and and the person down the street and your neighbor. So as to not uh, affect other people, you're going to wear this mask. We're going to track you. You're going to be getting tested every three days, et cetera, et cetera. And and again, they don't have a choice in in the matter. There's no armed protesters, no protesting at all, but it's very much community-based. We're over here. It's very much individualism. Me, me, me. How is this going to affect me? What am I going to have to do? What if this inconvenience is me? And until that mindset changes, we're going to see. Like, why? Yes. Yeah. Why are we think, like this? Yeah. What can we do? Like, uh, well, think, the thing is, uh, oh, go ahead. Collectivist societies like uh, Asia have the positives and negatives that go with it. But I feel like in, here in America, we are so overly focused on individualism, and uh, you know, even back in the '90s, I think there was a huge push uh, for like individuality and stuff like that, mm-hmm. where that mindset has become so ingrained in us that we have a hard time even just connecting with our neighbors. Like how many people actually know their neighbor's first name? Yeah, exactly. If you take it to the extreme, it becomes toxic because loneliness is a real uh, big issue here in this country. And then it just like gets rid of this sense of community and Mm -hmm. sense of like, who, who are your friends? And it's like, no, if I'm going through a hard time, if things are going bad for me, it's my fault. And then people like smoke and do alcohol and mm-hmm. develop these antisocial behaviors because wanting help is looked at as a sign of like weakness and, you know, yes. we're all, and all this shit. So, yeah. yeah. And, it, and it's only gotten worse over time. You can go back, uh, you know, generations ago and it, it wasn't that a- as bad. Everybody on that block knew each other. Everybody knew each other's kids, right? Your your neighbor four houses down could yell at your kids yeah. because 
everybody was a community and they looked yeah. out for each other. Now it's nothing like that at all. No. Um, people barely pay attention to each other at all. They really don't want anything to do with each other. And um, it really sucks. It really sucks. Yeah. And this mask is is showing that wound, this mask situation. I mean, I've had everything in my comments section from CO2, and I get it. I get it. But honestly, I look at the news every day. I haven't seen a mass, uh, massive amount of deaths from CO2 poison <laughs> during this. Actually, I haven't seen any. Um, right. If you have a medical condition, anxiety, and stuff like that, I'm sure people can express that when they enter a building. Like, hey, I have anxiety. I have medical issues. Can you actually grab this stuff for me? But in the in the results and like that we've been seeing in, on video, people have been flipping out. Um, and you don't have anxiety. You're just entitled. Yeah, exactly. The only thing that the jogger who like something happened with his lungs when he was running too fast wearing a mask, but that's kind of like expected. It's like take a break or something. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I. I wouldn't recommend running with the mask uh, or doing any, you know, over physical activity yeah. with the mask at all, for sure. Right. For sure. You know, um, one thing that the, I, I guess you could, you could label it as the right. Um, one thing that they, they're firmly in support of is businesses being able to discriminate against uh, any of their customers for whatever, whatever reason. Right. Yep. So, I mean, a common thing that um, I would say everyone agrees with is no shirt, no shoes, no service. No right? service. Yeah. Nobody had a problem with that. Yeah, Nobody, no, I've never seen that anybody have a problem with that. I'll right. accept that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah so, Ed, yeah. So, Ed, uh, I will accept good. that I must wear a shirt if I must wear a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> see, this is a, see, like we're coming out this on both sides. I'm like, yeah. if I got to wear a shirt, I'm wearing a shirt. See, we can all agree. They all they literally did was add mask on uh, to their policies, the store mm-hmm. policies, and that's it. Um, and I've seen people, you know, stores say, okay, we'll grab whatever you need. And then customers say, well, I don't trust you with my credit card. So you don't trust this store with the card that you're about to come in and use anyway. So maybe you shouldn't be shopping there. Just, it, right. it, it's been ridiculous. <laughs> right. I actually have a compilation Compilation I was going to oh. put on my channel of like people flipping out about it. I still might do that. Right. And everybody's talking about like authoritarianism. What better way to not be identified than to wear a mask? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, I would also I would also argue though too that if uh, we we have seen certain establishments um, come, you know, you could they'll post stuff on their door like "no mask allowed," right? It kind of yeah, in in protest against it. I would say if if uh, if we're going to mandate that certain establishments you must wear a mask, I would say that I would also allow and not have a problem with establishments you know uh restricting like or banning them as well yeah we I, reckless yeah. endangerment laws like specifically for this type of scenario right i mean look i i agree if if, if a store is saying you know you're not allowed to wear a mask and to come in here i actually am okay with that i i will i will just choose not to shop at that establishment and right. you know let darwinism uh uh take place, you know, whatever happens to those people happens to those people. I don't want them to be forced to make people wear a mask. Um, so, you know, that's fine. That's very magnanimous of you. And I hear you. I hear you. I mean, that's probably, it's probably not the argument we should be having. I wouldn't want to move the discourse to, to this because we've got bigger stuff to talk about, but, yep. um, but uh, I think, as I said, just to clarify, I think they're already breaking the law pretty flagrantly. That is reckless endangerment. That is Agreed. illegal. So I don't think we even need to make laws. Laws just need to be enforced if, if we would like for that to happen. Agreed. Agreed. Right. Agreed. 
that's the thing. And uh, it's, it's so crazy that like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't want people who are breaking the laws enforcing. (laughs) Good point. And, and, and by enforce the laws, uh, now are we talking a fine? Are we talking arrest? Because there's some people that say like mm-hmm. people that are getting arrested for you know mask situations or gatherings. That's a bit. That's a step too far. How do you feel about that? Uh, I think maybe there should be like a um, like a three strike kind of program. So like mm-hmm. you know, so first time here's a warning. Second time here's a warning. Here's yep. third time. This is your last warning. All right, yeah. next time. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. No, I, yeah. I can agree with that. Like, I, I have, uh, oh. this is the case where I, I have, oh, sorry, Jeremy, do you have more to say? Oh, no, go ahead. Oh, no, it was, this is the case where I have yeah. genuine mixed feelings and like no solution. Like, you know, I see there's a genuine interest in, in protecting the public good by simply stopping people from assembling at almost all cost. Mm-hmm. And then there's another case to be made where, well, the cost is so high, perhaps we should let people assemble. This is our life and liberty and the way we run our society, our futures, our presence, our, our, our health is at stake mm-hmm. through another vector of our lives if we don't assemble. So we must. So, I mean, I really do see both sides of the argument. And I honestly don't really know which side I come down on at this point in time. Do you think if the government would have handled it as such, giving everybody money for four or five months? Um, obviously do the unemployment thing and let everybody just quarantine themselves at home uh, while we fund you guys um, for the first, you know, big, one of the first big issues a lot of people have ever faced. There's some people that's never faced anything like this before um, until this like kind of boils over a little bit. Do you think that would have been a sufficient solution? Oh, absolutely. 100%. Yes, of course. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. It we would be... We'd have much lower infection rate. Uh, the economy would be recovering already, and we would, mm-hmm. in fact, be transforming society into something that is just more human focused than less market focused than it has been for the for human history, yep. I guess, or at least yep. since the dawn of capitalism. Yeah, since before, since the dawn of feudalism. So, yep. so feudalism wasn't great. Uh, so, so for for many thousands of years. So, yeah, that would be a big step forward. That's an understatement. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we've been bailing the people, the broke folk, us, we've been bailing everybody else out time and time again. Now, Mm -hmm. the one time we needed to be bailed out, the one time we're like, all right, government, we need your help. We need your help. Finally, what are you going to do for us? They gave people $1,200 and said, be on your way. (laughs) Uh, I mean, you want to talk about the most ultimate fail. And then, and that's on, you know, the right and the left that the Democrats couldn't even symbolically uh, put something forward. They knew it was going to be shot down uh, the last bill they introduced. So they couldn't even pretend to put UBI in there. They couldn't even pretend to uh, give people, you know, the $2,000. Um, they still went back to that same old $1,200. Just I toss it away. And they've got this, they've got to be uprooted. The, the, the left and the right, the people in power have to be uprooted or nothing's going to change. Yeah, right. Yeah, we, no we keep coming to that same exact conclusion. It's Nancy Pelosi herself, you know, leftmost champion who pulled the uh, UBI from the bill yep. both times. Yep. A staffer put it in, she took okay. it out. So, you know, that's that's why I feel like um the opposite of Blue Maga. Like, um, I cannot vote for the head of this like political crime cartel, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Uh Trump is an evil man, but he yes, is one man. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm not going to vote for him either. 
I'm probably going to vote for the, the Green Party or who knows, perhaps someone else if some, someone emerges or perhaps perhaps the Democratic nominee will not be Joe Biden. But I'm not counting on that. <laughs> uh, I'm probably going to go vote third party and I'll vote down ticket uh, judiciously for some Democrats. Yep. But we can't just mindlessly give the poor vote, the broke vote to uh, liberals who occupy the progressive lane without doing anything economically progressive and hide behind cultural issues. That's done. We're we'll just not going to vote for them anymore. It, it will never end until we take a stand collectively. It will never end. We'll continuously vote for the lesser of two evils and we'll just be going around in a circle doing the same thing over and over again, uh, expecting a change. Isn't that the definition of insanity? Like doing that the is. same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. No, no, it's going to be the same scenario, the same situation. And so I, I agree with you 100%. Uh, Joe Biden hasn't earned my vote. He hasn't even attempted to earn my vote. He There's hasn't almost even, nothing he could do to earn my vote of his point. Almost nothing. Right. So, uh, yeah, it'd be Green Party um, or, or something along those lines. But I, I can't vote for the damn establishment at this point. Just can't do it. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I'm not going to vote for Trump either. I'm so glad to hear that. We are in complete agreement. Well, you know what's frightening, if you think about it, is a lot of the people, you know, we say, well, there's a disconnect. Um, There's also a cultural disconnect because a lot of the people that are in Congress now, like Nancy Pelosi, she's 80. Like, how, what a generation gap is that to try and, you know, manage and balance? Right. Right, And, you know, we had Senator Byrd that literally was 100 years old. He had voted for Glass-Steagall back in 1929 or 1930-something, and he died in office after almost 100 years of occupying that same seat. Crazy. Crazy. I mean, yeah, the, the, uh, the older generation are, are clinging on to the power they have. I think Joe Biden would be 78 going into office, which would be the oldest president that we've had going into office. Um, Pelosi's been, you know, in politics forever. I remember looking back at her political career, like from a very, a very young woman up to now, like she's been enthralled in this and, uh, there's a huge disconnect. They don't understand what we're going through and don't care to understand what we're going through. And literally they're just playing red versus blue and we're caught in the middle. And, uh, we, we really got to get them out of there. We really got it. It's tough though. It's tough because, Look, we tried independent media, independent news media. YouTube shut that shit down quick, uh, stepped on our necks. And it, it's it's tough to get the message out there. And especially with a lot of people really not caring about policies as well. I think most people don't pay attention to policies. They pay attention to like the icing on the cake. So gender, uh, emotions, ethnicity, things like that. And that's really tough to get past. It's it's so exploitable by the powerful to just divide and conquer the the, the less powerful. You know, it's mm-hmm. just if they can take poor people and go, okay, well, all the poor people, if they get together, they can really make some changes, vote us out. I don't like that. I like where I am with society. Yep. I like controlling it. If instead, if we don't let them identify as poor people, but as black people, as white people, as straight mm-hmm. people, as gay people, as men, as women, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Yep. And we got them and they've there had us and we got to stop it. Divide and conquer. Divide and conquer. It's it's kind of telling how disconnected our Congress was um, during the Obama administration when they had huge opportunities to do real change. And, you know, Obama ran on change. And then they spent time talking about which toilet people should use. Yeah, yeah. They they would pander to us socially 
to the nth degree. Like they will, the, de the Dems specifically will pander to the nth degree. Meanwhile, you're getting crushed economically. But look, no, no, no. Socially, look at look at what we're doing socially. And uh, Obama, and I, and I argue with people to this day, when he first got in, when he first got in, he had so much power, he could have got shit done like that when he, the, mm -hmm. when he first got in. Public option, etc. I remember. Got, I was so excited. Yeah, he could have got. Yeah, we had anything, the house. So disappointed. Anything. Yeah, he could have pushed anything through. He could have got anything through. He could have legitimately made change when he first got in. I was foolish enough to believe. You know, that's I, when I started asking more questions. I was like, "Wait a second! Obama yeah. didn't do the things. What's going on here?" Yeah. Uh -huh. But he was he was a corporate dem. Uh, and then if you look at some of his speeches, he said, "I I, I govern like a, I'm going to govern like." Uh, a, a modern, a centrist, you know, like a Republican light. <laughs> uh, right. And he, he held on to that. He really, that's what he actually did. Oh. Well, you, you, you know what I think it's about? I think it's about like clout and rhetoric instead of having an actual plan. Like mm -hmm. Yang was all about the substance. Yang was all about the plans. Yang was all about the, if, if I'm saying we're going to do X, Y, and Z, here's what I put together and here's something that can be implemented all the other ones, they just say, we want to do this. We want to do that. And then everybody mm -hmm. jumps up and goes crazy. But it's like, okay, where's your plan? We'll get there. This is a revolution. Yeah. Like, Platitudes. Joe Plati yeah. Platitudes you know? and cliches. No lip plans. Service. Lip right. service. Nothing of substance. You can't Nancy show Pelosi, Nancy, Nancy Pelosi, like, stuttering fearfully out. Perhaps we must consider the things again. <laughs> come. And the next day, she's like, no, get that shit off the fucking yeah, Never in my house again. He's a monster. We got to get her out of here. Yeah. Well, the thing is, uh, most politicians use what I like to call political fog. It looks solid, but it has no real substance. Right. Right. And there's two ways that they go about it. They either create this straw man of, oh, I knew this person that had this issue and this issue, and they just kind of pile it on and custom build it. And then they're like, that straw man, that is who I'm fighting for. And yep. we're going to get it done. They won't tell you how they're going to get it done. Just we're going to get it done. Yep. The other way is fear. That straw man is the devil that's coming for you. And we're the only ones that can protect you from that devil. Yep. Yep. hundred percent. They straw man the hell out of you and then knock down the straw mans that, that they made of you. Um, and it's, you know, they did it. They, they really did it to, to Bernie and, and when he first ran, they did it to him this time around as well. But I mean, a lot of, a lot of the reasons he lost is on his shoulders as well. Um, but so do you think the way to make this change to get rid of the Pelosi's is a revolution or will somebody like a Yang make those changes? I'm curious as to what you guys think. I think Ooh. someone like uh, Yang is already making those change just hence the Yang gang and the yep. fact that, you know, once, uh, do you, are you familiar with the term uh, glamour, the original meaning of the term? No, enlighten me. Uh, okay, so glamour was actually an old medieval term for a magical illusion. And sure. the way you got past it is once you saw the crack in the illusion and saw something for what it really was, you couldn't see the glamour anymore. That's what happened uh, to the Yang gang. We saw the crack in the beautiful facade. We saw the crack in the illusion. Mm -hmm. And now we see the government and um, everything for what it really is, which is just people that are out of touch and don't always know what they're doing. There's some good people in Congress, but the ones that have been there for way too long, you know, they don't know what they're doing anymore. They're disconnected from uh, modern technology and they have no idea about 
modern problems. Their yep. way of thinking is still solutions that would have worked in 1920, but not, you know, 2020. Right. Real quick, I, before before a response, Angela, could you just invite Faye Koo? She's in the Discord. She needs the uh, the link to the Zoom chat. Sorry, go on. Please. She's in. Okay. I, um, there was a, I don't know, I don't know if I should say his name. All right, I'm not going to say his name because we never, this could blow up when you never know, right? So uh, a, a politician came into my, my place of business, right? And I was talking to him and, uh, you know, I told him about my channel and then I cover politics and stuff like that. And he said something to me that I'll never forget. He said, look, I know a lot of people that started in this, um, really meaning what they were saying and really actually wanting changes. And then two years later, they're, they're as corrupt as can be. Like the system itself eats them alive. And so they're like, okay, you want to make this change for, I don't know, your hometown? Okay, we'll make that change. We'll do that. I'll, put, we'll, we'll, I'll approve that. But you approve this. And so it keeps happening and happening and happening. And then before you know it, the original idea that they even wanted to run on, the, the whole reason they even decided to run in politics is now gone and uh, they find themselves in a the system and don't even, don't even realize it. That's a horrifying thought, but yeah. I can see how easily that would happen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And now there's a fire truck. Can you guys hear it? Yeah. Yeah. Party wagon. Wait for the siren. We're always, you know, we always hope that's like not happening to Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> We're always afraid. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, when I met Yang, I got, I honestly, he was, he was so authentic and, you know, I, I, I didn't expect him to, even though I covered him for so long, I didn't expect him to be the way that he was. And, you know, at the end of it, I said, this man needs to be president because I wouldn't have had this interaction with a Sanders. I wouldn't have had this interaction with a Biden. I wouldn't have had this interaction with any other politician running, um, just so down to earth, you know, literally in the in the thick of it with you and i was like this is a good dude this is a really good guy and uh after that i said he 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 needs to be president 100 percent. and i think it's the fact that he's like that in two years you know yeah (laughs) i I think it's because he didn't want to be president it's the fact that he had no choice no one else was going to get the job done for him so he had to step up and do it himself. And the people that don't want power are the ones that are best suited to have it. Yep. Yeah. And like when he first started, like, uh, you know, he, like he hold his, we can call it a rally, I guess. And it'd be like a room full of 20 people. <laughs> and like, it was very low, like nobody knew who he was. And then, you know, fast forward, you know, a couple months later, six, seven months later, you know, there's thousands of people. I still remember Zach was talking about it. Zach was on stage saying, I told Yang there'd be a thousand people eventually. And then it's a room full of a thousand people. And he, I mean, I, I didn't even expect his growth to be what it was. But, I mean, he he blew. And his biggest issue during the campaign was name recognition. Oh, we uh, all had faith in him, you know. It's just, it was incredible to see to see our faith come to fruition, even to the degree that it did, you know. I mean... Yeah. It, it really did start a movement. I'm, so, I'm just kind of thinking that uh, some people may disagree with me, but he needed to be much more aggressive than he was. Uh, be, I don't be, know, maybe because 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 it just seemed like they they were when they shoved him to the side, he could have shoved right back. He could have really pressed, and he could have said he could have said like, "Hey, I just addressed how UBI would like help 
you know, so many people out of their situations and I was never, um, responded to because, because they would, they would always like go, go on to the next subject when he was explaining his and never stay on his, but that's know. a hot topic. That's yeah, a hot yeah. topic. I, I think, well, uh, I think Yang played navigated that field very well. Um, I, I think there was very calculated and specific reasons why he never directly or very rarely directly attacked the other candidates. Yeah. Um, I, I, because, you know, well, also why he supports Joe Biden. I mean, do you really think right. in like Andrew Yang's heart that like Joe Biden is, 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 is his guy? Obviously no. not. Um, no. it's just yeah. a, if you're going to have a future with the Democratic uh, Party right now, you kind of so do have racist. to toe the party line. The only person, yeah, well, Andrew Yang actually addressed that. I really hope the machines yeah. are eating him alive, and I hope the endorsement of Joe Biden is not like you know um, the first example of that. Yeah, Andrew Yang actually addressed uh, both these things in a Yang Hang recently, where he came into everyone's room and was kind of answering questions. Uh, the reason he didn't uh, go on the attack is because he said it would look like a calculated move and people would pick up right away that it wasn't authentic. Right. Uh, you know, that's mm. not really him. Yeah. And, and, and that's what I've always wanted. He said that he, yeah. And he said that he'll run against anyone, including Joe Biden, because he's running on solutions and solving problems. And that's all he cares about. So if the problem still exists, he still wants to go and solve it. Was it was interesting. The only time I actually saw him get, I guess you can call it angry was when he was going up against Elizabeth Warren and he, he pushed back. Like he was visibly, visibly annoyed on that debate stage. And ironically, he's pretty cool with everyone that ran during that time. Uh, I mean, Bloomberg aside and stuff like that. But uh, the only person from what I understand, he doesn't like text and talk to or hit up is, is Elizabeth Warren. I don't think they like each other or at least Elizabeth Warren doesn't like Angie Yang. <laughs> I really don't think so. Um, but yeah, that that's a hot topic that's been on the channel. Like me and Russell from Grassroots were like, I wanted to see him become a little more aggressive. But then other people uh, have said, it, but no, I want him to be himself. And if that's not who he is, then don't do it. And I, I, mean, I, I think you nailed it. Like you have to be yourself. You have to play to your strengths. If you're going to convince people, you have to be acting authentically. So he can't just run a script. He can't just be coached and be a standard politician because then he's just going to be judged by the connections he has and like how inside the Overton window he is and how brandable he is. And he's going to lose that fight. So I think it's really smart for him to not get into confrontations because what confrontations do, they, they get you into a two-person conversation where yep. someone else is framing half the conversation. Andrew Yang is having an entirely different conversation. He needs to shift. He's, he's got a different paradigm. Yep. So if he's drawn into a conflict, he's going to get drawn into the, the standard paradigm, the, the, the legacy media narrative, and that is just what he is fighting. So I think it is tactically smart for him to avoid confrontation. <clears throat> Now, I want you guys to be completely honest with me. I want your 100% honesty, which you have been. Do you think he will hold Joe Biden accountable uh, for his fuck-ups when Joe Biden continues to fuck up? Inevitably, he will continue to screw up. I do not. I don't think so, because uh, it's just not a thing you can do if you're towing the Democratic Party line. And like Jeremy exactly. says, Jeremy says you have to. That's debatable. But, um, uh, you know, if you do have to, perhaps he sees it as a necessary sort of Faustian bargain if he's going to win the 2024 Democratic uh, presidency and then, you know, end poverty for all time. So maybe he's like, oh, the ends are going to justify the means, even though I have to do this, this terrible shit that makes me look bad and makes people lose faith in me. I hope. I, I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know. Yeah. No, I think you're spot on. Like, yeah. yeah I, I think it depends on how bad Joe Biden fucks up. 
you know, right. we, yeah, that's probably it too. You know, if, if we go back to, um, you know, just bailing out the banks and fucking over the people and, um, you know, ex, uh, ex, expanding our footprint in the Middle East and all, you know, all the, uh, the errors of the Obama administration, if, if we go back to that status quo, then I think potentially, potentially it does exist for some pushback. Um, but like I said, it, it, it depends on, on how bad he fucks up. Right, right. Well, every time he opens his mouth, yeah. he's got something. Fine. What's going on? I'm sorry on, to Faye? interject. Oh, hi, Faye. Welcome hi. to the show. Uh, I'm sorry that I'm late. How long have you guys been? Oh, about an hour. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Do we still have time to talk, or oh, am yeah. I just too late? To yeah. Really we got time. No, please, we please, talk. please. Okay. Do you what go do you by Ronnie, or do you go by Be Serious? Uh, Ronnie or Read My Lips. Either, either or. Either or. Okay. Ronnie it's or nice Ronnie. to meet you, Ronnie. Nice to meet you. Welcome. <laughs> I had to interject because I'm hearing you guys. I want to know, Ronnie, do you have kids? No. Is that okay to ask? Yeah, it's fine to ask. Yep, no kids. All right. So so I want to, I want you to think about the fact that Elizabeth Warren and uh, Andrew Yane and all these people that you're saying don't get along. Actually, I believe they do get along because Andrew gets along with everyone. Mm. And I believe that probably everybody likes him. I don't think Elizabeth Warren dislikes him. Well, okay. I mean, the fact that he 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 is would be inauthentic to attack them because he doesn't want to. Point taken. Okay, let me let me rephrase that doesn't like. I don't think Elizabeth Warren cares or acknowledges in Andrew Yang. Like she doesn't go out of her way to dislike him, but she doesn't she's in her own little world. Andrew Yang's over there doing Andrew Yang. I don't think they text each other or communicate or anything like that. I was a I was an Elizabeth Warren fan, um, but from what she showed me during this primary, um, I'm very much shocked by. And I, I I honestly don't think she's an honest actor at this point. Well, I, I think that that might be true for you and of her. I, I don't know what she's really like, um, mm-hmm. but I don't believe that Andrew necessarily holds those opinions because I think the reason he says I can't, uh, I wouldn't want to attack him that way. It would be staged because he wouldn't attack them that way. Agreed. When he's in person with them anywhere, right? Yep. And that's the genius of, of him. And he gets along with people and mm-hmm. people don't seem to get that. I think people who are like uh, cats, think of themselves as playing football, you know, against the other team. And so like, if you're not for our team, where are you? Are you really on our team at all? You know? So I think that's really the feeling that's happening. You know, this game of football is, is affecting everybody's lives though. It's the biggest game of football. Um, So it's fine to be on a team, but uh, if we're going to play, we're going to play to win and we're going to play to win correctly. And yeah, this is the biggest game of football that we have. And so it's fine to be friends with everyone. It's fine to be cool with everyone, but you got to hold each other accountable. And like we, like I was just saying, do you think Andrew Yang's going to hold Joe Biden accountable, for instance? So Andrew Yang just got interviewed not too long ago and they asked him about the Joe Biden, uh, you know, if you're not black, you're not black if you vote for Trump and et cetera, right? And, you know, I disagree with his answer. Uh, when he said, you know, we're ready to move past this. And like, it kind of wasn't, he kind of like swept it under the rug and, and I disagree. Um, so it's fine to be friends with everyone. It's fine to be cool with everyone and, and play the game. But these, these are people's livelihoods. This is, this is a huge game, a huge game. 
he had the same problem the audacity it's like why is it up to him to decide it's it's time to move past this thing he he himself did like he's not right. the he's not the 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 um the person who who, who has a, an issue with it and, it, and yang's allowed to have his opinion i i respect the fact that he didn't run away from it that he this demonstrates he learned nothing it demonstrates he did not learn anything from the experience you know is all i'm saying right 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 but no no i i wasn't ready to move past it yet about what Joe Biden said. And that's why, you know, I made a video hammering him on it. Um, and yeah, I, if I got to, if I got to interview Yang, I mean, it would be, it would be, a, it would be a fun interview, but I would definitely push, I would definitely push back on some things, which he would, I think he would handle quite well. Uh, he's that. Play, yeah. He's playing chess, not checkers. He's an incredibly smart individual. And again, you know, I obviously have a bias and I, and I met him and chopped it up and he knows who I am, but I would still push back and, and, and ask some of those tough questions. But I do agree with you, Faye. I do agree with you. I don't think Andrew Yang dislikes Elizabeth Warren. And, you know, I don't have any proof that him and Warren aren't friends. I'm just going by what she showed on the campaign trail. And I also agree that it would be inauthentic of him to attack people. Uh, I wholeheartedly acknowledge that because that's not who, who he is. Um, and I want him to be. Oh, uh, that's great. Um, here's, another, here's another thing I've been thinking about, which is that the reason I asked you about having children mm-hmm. is that this is what's going on when, when you have children, you have disagree with, you know, constantly they're on your nerves because they're doing something you don't want them to do. You mm-hmm. disagree. Uh, but at the end of the day, if they go out and they do something that you don't, you bring them back home, love them, and you take care of them if they get hurt or you, whatever happens, you know, you're like, you know, try not to say I told you so, you know, <laughs> and I think that's really how Andrew comes at the problem. It's like all of you don't get it. You don't understand what terrible things about to happen. I'm here to tell you, you know, this terrible things about to happen, but you're there to protect them. So he feels protective of Joe Biden and Elizabeth Warren and all the other Democrats at the same time. He doesn't attack them because he's on their team. He's like, you know, family. But when you have is, family, you know. Them. That yeah. is a dangerous line to tell. That's a danger. I, I Because mm-hmm. your family has their boot on our neck economically the whole time. Joe, okay, Joe Biden's his friend. He wants to protect Joe Biden. Joe Biden's not protecting me. I just got, the, I just got through saying uh, the person that suffers in the medical system the most are African-American women. And Joe Biden wants nothing to do with health care, doesn't care. So, okay, you want to protect your friend, but your friend is shitting on us uh, nonstop. That has to change. And so if you are friends, if you are his true friend, what you're going to do is say, Joe, you need to stop it. Stop screwing up, Joe, or step aside because you're hurting the people. Um, so, and, and you're right. Love. One more time. Do a little tough love. Do some tough love to your family. Right. You got to because they're killing us. Right, right, exactly. Literally, if you have that, but it's drop. not just that one person standing up front, right? It's like so many people. I mean, average people do not get the new narrative we're trying to put on this. And so it's not like if Joe just says it, you know, all the people are going to come around all of a sudden because Joe said so. They might just throw Joe away. So <laughs> you know, the the problem. With and it extends to everything, it extends to the family analogy. It's that you know, if he's if he's family, he's like your close-minded parent who's not listening to you. He's trying to manage you. He's not trying to learn a lesson. He's trying to rebrand so that he can keep being himself without you realizing it. He has not changed. 
over right. and over again. And, and as long as he has that posture, that Joe knows best posture, he's not listening. He's going to be tone deaf because he's got faith in his ideology, which is um, completely, completely counter to what we need and, and what is populist. So he is, he is just going to ignore people. That is the only way he can make his campaign work because he can't flip his entire ideology at his age at this point in the campaign anyway with mm-hmm. all the people he's indebted to, all the people counting on him to do it the way he's got to do it. I mean, yeah. frankly, uh, as monstrous an individual as he is, I think Trump is more likely to end up giving us a, a basic income or something close to it. I and- agree. Trump would give us a, 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 a UBI before Joe Biden, not even because Trump cares about people, but because it would stroke his ego. He, he, look, these people love me. Look, I just gave them money. Look, I just gave they love me. See, you see what I do for the people? I think Trump would give us a UBI before uh, a Joe Biden ever would, um, especially before an Elizabeth Warren ever would. Um, and I mean, she's very, you know, she's very technocratic and at, I, I agree they look at each other as a family. The Dem established the Dems look at each other as a family for sure. Um, but you need to hold your family accountable. You have yeah. to. Okay. Like, I, I yeah. wish so, we had Ben here. Like, I got a friend who volunteered for the Warren campaign. I'm like, I wish we could have you two talk and bridge some communication gaps, maybe sometime. Oh uh, yeah, sorry, Faye, go on. It's okay. I was interrupting you. Um so in terms of family, it's like uh so here's another thing, being Asian, okay, mm-hmm. and growing up in Asian families like uh, Andrew did. My family is from Taiwan and my parents retired back to Taiwan like his. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, so we're like uh, an elder is different than a younger. Mm-hmm. We can, we take that very seriously in Asian families and we have a long, long standing culture of, you know, dictators, basically emperors, you know, monarchs. Yep. Uh, that's a long, long line. So most of our culture was built in that, train of thought is that there is a leader and you can't just backtalk the leader whenever you want to, your head might roll, you know, Mm -hmm. and not only you, but your whole family will suffer. So Mm -hmm. we have a clan system where like you represent your whole family. And so you can't just do anything you want in the world, right? Because your family name Mm -hmm. is attached to it. So it's the same thing. I think um, for Andrew, it's like, it's hard to attack Joe because he is an elder and you have to respect that he has a certain amount of experience, even though you know that that experience is not helping right now. Right. Actually, you know, the world actually, has changed. Yeah. You know all that. Yeah. Yep. So, so there has to be a way of talking up to people who are supposedly your elders and like convincing them that they need to step, step back a little bit, you know, and give what, us the power now. What, what if I told you Joe Biden's not going to step back and he has no, uh, he has no realistic I, um, chance of, listening to what you have to say what if i told you that well what if I, said I would have to hear that from joe well joe's, I, mean, I can hear that from why would you have to hear that from joe, hear joe's that from not joe. joe has proven himself to be dishonest he's tried to cut social security right many not once not twice this is from his own words not three times not four times or five times he's literally said he's tried to prostitute himself right he's literally lied on stage a multitude of times right so he's already proven himself to be a dishonest actor. So why do you need to hear it from Joe? He's not going to be honest with you. Well, because I, uh, that's, I think that's something that I, um, I do believe people when they talk. I mean, you have to listen with two ears, right? You're listening with your ear and your mind. Mm-hmm. So you hear what they say, and then you still know what they actually mean or what they intend to do. There's a lot of levels of listening. Okay. Yeah, okay. So you can do the behavior as well as listening to the words. Uh, and you want what you want to do, though, you want to not 
people as demons, right? You want to imagine them just like yourself. People are human. So that's what you got to do is to imagine if Joe is human and he's got to leave legacy now. How is he going to step down from this platform that he's built himself without losing face? This is the Asian idea. I think how do you let him that? You know, within your paradigm, I think, I mean, I know I'm sure, mm-hmm. I'm sure you have your own um, answer too, but I mean, I think it's, it's, it's pretty obvious to me how I know without thinking of him as a monster, as a human being with the same, mm-hmm. you know, foibles as anyone, the same motives. Um, I know he will not listen to you simply because he has no incentive to, and you think perhaps his incentive is his legacy, but I believe that in his mind, the way he treats poor people does not reflect on his legacy. He has this extremely deep rooted sort of libertarian bigotism. Uh, bigotism is not a word. Bigot, what Bias. I don't know. Uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? You know, it's a bias. Mm-hmm. He, he has this, this, uh, this bias towards um, individualism and bootstrapping and even though he's a Democrat, he's really he's, it's a really Republican libertarian idea at the core of his politics. So he thinks it's okay for him to treat poor people badly, uh, and it will not reflect on his legacy. So he's got so so if he thinks that way, there's no systemic lever that that incentivizes him to listen to you or me or anyone. There's just no motive for Joe Biden to listen to us, and that's why I am very very reasonably sure as sure as one can reasonably be of a thing in politics uh that that joe biden will not do anything we will like even a little bit he will right. not yeah, it's, to it's, us it's, and it will just be a nasty surprise after nasty surprise right yeah it's, what could uh what would you want out of a joe biden president i mean, I, I have a i have a long list of things i would want from joe biden but look at the reality of what would actually get right mm-hmm. and it's like is it is that better? Is that alternative far superior to what we currently have? I, I think we could, we kind of know what we're you know, what we're in store for with Trump mm-hmm. for you know at least at least until November. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I, I don't think that the, the Joe Biden platform is appealing enough for me to sign on to it. It's a I think like so also like a, a big issue that's been highlighted with uh, this pandemic has been our, our reliance on China. Right? Is Joe Biden going to be hard on China? I mean, he, he's the guy, he's responsible for NAFTA. He supported right. TPP. Do yep. you think Joe Biden actually has uh, even the, the will to reshore these critical manufacturing jobs that we've just been shipping over in mass to China? I think the best way to oh, determine if somebody is going to listen to us and how they're going to behave is their record. Mm-hmm. Right. Since we right. don't know Joe Biden personally, he's an elder. Right. We don't know him personally. So how can we assess the man that is Joe Biden and how he's going to govern? We look at his record. That yeah, it's, it's, black it, and yeah, white. It's, right. His records. NAFTA, and it's atrocious. Yeah. He, he's, he's, uh, he created all these incentives and supported mm-hmm. all these incentives for all these for these companies to ship their jobs over to Mexico, China, India. Hold on, hold on, hold on. This is a very, this is not an, a gang stance at all, because first of all, it's not about China or Mexico or any other countries. It's about ourselves. All right. If we were strong, we wouldn't have to attack other countries for taking stuff from us. If we were strong ourselves and we developed our own economy properly, why would we be concerned about somebody else taking our stuff? 
No, I, I never. I, it's I, not I, really I, about I, them. I it's no. about us just getting rid of our jobs. You know, it's yeah, not I, about the countries taking it. It's about the Americans who are essentially disposing of those jobs that we need and that we we are entitled which to is, in this country. Which is how it, Trump it's not the kind, other country's fault. Which yeah. is how Trump kind of ran. How, he ran as a Trump ran as a populist, right? And one of the things he said was the forgotten man will no longer be forgotten. And he went to all the places where people were losing their jobs and their jobs were being shipped overseas and the Rust Belt. And that's what helped them win. Um, so it, it's exactly what you said. It's, it's, and, I, and, I, and I agree. We, we as America, uh, we need to do better um, ourselves. I think we've showed uh, our weakness um, in many aspects, especially during this uh, pandemic. Yeah. So killing us, it's like, it's like, think, think about like your, like the uncle who comes to the Thanksgiving dinner and smokes and says a racist thing or is being like a gigantic asshole, but everybody around the table puts, you want to say something, but everyone's like, shh, you know how he is. Perfect analogy. Yes. Yes. So yeah, Faye, I have a question for you. So, okay. I have a question for you. So I, again, just like, um, just like what was said. So I have, you know, say I have an uncle. He, you know, he comes over. We have to respect him because he's our elder. And he absolutely hates Asians. He hates Asians. He talks shit about Asians. Calls them every derogatory name in the book. Um, but we're supposed to sort of kowtow to, to the things he says because he's our elder. And we're not allowed to, you know, correct him or stand up to him because he's family. Of course, yeah. that's not what's... It's not uh, anything that Andrew would advocate or I would advocate, right? Asian people are rebellious. Don't believe that we're we're quiet, right? Mm -hmm. Look at what's happened in Hong Kong. Right. But look how peaceful they are. The police have tried so hard to get uh, to stay peaceful also in Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. Both sides are being as peaceful as possible. Yep. Considering they had months of riots, we've only a couple couple days of riots already now. Right, you know, and we have gone already off the deep end. Yep. So that is on us. That is not China doing anything to us. Okay, our issues with blacks and with racism and with Mexicans and with all of these other countries is all part of it. If you add China to that list, you're just adding additional racism to the list of things that we have problems with. Right. We already allow our Native American women to be carted off and, and sected, you know, and traded, traded as commodities. So those are not problems that China is causing or any other country. That has to be on us to, to reflect on why we can't get along. And that's the problem is we have this division. And I don't want to participate in that when we do, you know, podcasting and live streaming and stuff like that. We're like the new talking heads. And if we act like the media and we play football just like them then we are not getting anything done. Like if we want to grow 10 times, how are you going to grow 10 times without bringing in people who don't agree with you right now? All right. So I wanted to kind of jump in on this and get back to the original question, which was, um, you know, <laughs> do we think that um, Andrew Yang will correct Joe Biden? Well, no. no. I, be I sure. am. Because okay. the thing is, I don't believe that he's – protecting him for because he's an elder i don't believe that he honestly cares about that i think the reason why he is um trying to at least give joe biden a pass is because he's afraid that trump is going to open his mouth and get us into deeper trouble mm -hmm. trump has called the coronavirus the china virus which has gotten asian people mm -hmm. a regular asian americans uh hurt and killed mm -hmm. uh he recently said that he wanted to 
that he is willing to outspend China and Russia on nuclear weapons, which is almost an open act of war. Right. So I think it's more out of fear of what Trump is going to do, whereas he believes that Biden, for all of his flaws, is less likely to lead us to global catastrophe. And lesser, I think that's the why. Lesser of, the lesser of two evils. Exactly. So I think that's what he's uh, going for. It's not that he really is advocating for uh, Joe Biden. I think it's just he's afraid that the alternative may be worse over time. Purely so fear-based, yeah. So Trump is a bigger existential threat to in the Andrew Yang's eyes than Joe Biden. Exactly. It's just a calculated move that, you know, if I have to pick the lesser of two evils, Biden seems to be it. Okay. I, I, I'll give you that. Also, I'll acknowledge that. Go ahead. Uh, also, so again, Joe Biden is not just a person. Joe Biden represents all people who actually turn out to vote for him. I mean, I know that every single black person in this church, all right, that's primarily black that I went to, they all had a vote and they all went and exercised their vote and they are strong as a block of voters, you know, mm. and they turned out them. You have to change what's in their hearts first. And that's mm. what Andrew is, is about is we have to bring trickle up the public opinion before the politicians are going to follow. Mm. He's Joe can't lead us. He, that's what he's saying. He, you know, he's not going to lead. He's going to follow. So mm. we have to bring that change from the ground up. So let me ask you a question. Why do you think they voted for Joe Biden? I think they voted for Joe Biden partly because that's just, you know, they know. Like, they actually they know, do know about him. I, so I mean, some of the things they know are things like Joe Biden uh, used to commute from his home in Delaware to do his work. And mm-hmm. he had to get on that train every day early and then go home to go see his family at night. And so okay. that working man, that not like Trump, he said in his tower you know that's okay that's all <laughs> fluff that that literally changes nothing that doesn't do anything for anybody and that's the problem that's the problem we have so the exam i just asked you why did they vote for joe biden because we know joe joe took the train uh, go on yeah president a little high i take the train that, hurt, that hurts me that that makes me incredibly sad that i can that we have a huge community of African-American voters that went out and voted for Joe Biden for nothing because Joe well, Biden is not no, That was only one thing. Well, they I probably uh, know no other thing. Like well, how policy, his foreign policy or something like that, you know, it, okay. he's been a vice president. So he's actually done a lot of things, right? But other it, than it's vice president being who was in Congress. It's, you know? it's known. Most people don't vote based off of foreign policy. It's pretty much acknowledged that nobody becomes, most people, they don't become president off of foreign policy, right? His policies. And, and this is just my opinion. Maybe, maybe all those people in South Carolina operate as moderate Democrats. You know, maybe his policies do uh, something for them. But judging by what his policies are and judging by how African-Americans have been suffering under them, I can't fathom why us as a community would go and vote for the person who is fine with having his boot on our neck. It literally makes we're voting against what's best for us as a community. And how do you know what's, what's best for us? Just look at the numbers. Look at the statistics. And he wants to advocate to keep in place the policies that presented those statistics instead of trying to change it. They say Joe Biden is the most electable. Well, why? What about the question? 
where's the logical disconnect? Like, where are they getting the idea that this is a man who is a public servant to them and not uh, like, you know, a tyrant, not, right. uh, not a userous exploiter. Right. Like, where are they getting this message? Is it just as simple as the churches? Maybe it is. Like, I hate to yeah. think that, but like, that's the only thing I can think of. And like Ogham's razor, right? Well, Fucking he's got a great it. smile. He's got a, I mean, a beautiful political smile. And, and, ah. and, here's, and, and here, and here's why, here's why I double, I, I double down on that because they voted for Joe, Joe Biden in droves. Now they're saying, okay, you have to do something for black people. Wait a minute. The primary was the time to ask, you have to promise to do something for black people. You don't vote for Joe Biden. And then later on, when it's down to Joe Biden and Donald Trump say, all right, so now you have to do something for black people. No, you had the power in the primaries when you had several people standing on stage and you could have said, look, as a community, you could have said, you're not getting my vote. You're not, none of you are getting my vote unless you lay out a plan and promises to help our community. They didn't do that. They blindly voted for one man, and now they're asking for that one man to do something when he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to do anything now. They have no power. That's so, okay, you don't vote for Joe right. Biden, then you're going to get Donald Trump. Now, There's no incentive the power, to help them. The power is to withhold your vote in the general election, to and that's how you vote. send the message. That's the power we have now, and mm-hmm. I'm going to use it, and I encourage everyone else to use it as well. Yep, yep. Yeah. I agree that the vote is one power, but right now and making these podcasts shale gives you a second power. And you're talking to, uh, there's lots of different things that we do as uh, political agents mm-hmm. that are powerful. So who you bring on the show is powerful. So yeah. we can bring on more people who say, we don't understand <clears throat> why they think that way. Or we can bring on some people from the church and ask them, why do you to. think this way? Which it's is, this is what about. Andrew does. He brings the people in and he asks them, why do you think that way? That way he can talk to, to their mind, you know, and not just say, well, we assume things about you well, and then from, we attack you. From my you experience, and, I, and, I've, and I've done this and I've talked about it on the channel, is I go in my local community. Most of the time it's the barbershop. And I talk to people about Andrew Yang. And I say, do you know about Andrew Yang? And to be honest, nine times out of 10, they do not. And so I tell them about Andrew Yang. And I asked them, well, who are you, who are you voting for? And a lot of times the African-American community says, I'm not voting or that shit's all rigged. Stuff along those lines, like our vote doesn't really matter anyway. Or they've said Joe Biden. And when I asked them, and this is the God's honest truth, why Joe Biden? And it's, it's because he, he was uh, cool with Obama. We got to get Trump out of office. That, that dude got to go. That dude's crazy. We need, we need, we need, uh, we need Biden in there. We need Obama's man in there. So that's just from my experience. And I do feel as, you know, YouTubers and podcasters, it's also our job to educate uh, people that may happen to stumble across us and maybe give them some ideas. And it might change their mind. My mind was changed. I was a Bernie, Bernie Sanders supporter. I did a video called Yang Flips Republican, uh, which got like 15,000 views or something like that. It did pretty well. And I wanted to interview the guy on there. That guy ended up being Russell from Grassroots. And through talking nice. to him. Right. Now that's, that's my brother from another mother now. And talking to him, he converted me to Andrew Yang. So absolutely. I'm all for somebody from the churches or somebody who actually advocates for Joe Biden. An, an honest actor. Not really somebody from his campaign. Because I don't think no. they're honest actors. Yeah, yeah. But, someone who's yeah, an honest actor. Exactly. 
I would love to talk to them and, and understand why they voted for Joe Biden in the way that they did. Well, if we get him on the show, um, you please come. You're welcome to come back anytime, but we'll especially invite you on for that. If we do get, get someone mm-hmm. on the show who can represent a South today. Carolinian who in good faith supports Joe Biden and voted for mm-hmm. them for Joe Biden. Yep. Yep. Because because we, we a lot of times in politics, we get these images in our heads that, oh, this is why this person did this. And that's why I should hate them. And when you play that game, you all lose. It can be so hard to find someone who fits that bill, though. We live in such a nuclear society, nuclear as in family, not nuclear as in bomb, where everyone is just rotating around these little communities. And there are yep. so many types of people we just cannot access, even though they are our neighbors. I wanted to ask you something, actually. Um, Given that a lot of people work, you know, most of the day, they get to maybe spend five, ten minutes or a couple hours in the evening, you know, sort of unwinding before going to bed. Mm -hmm. Do you think that a certain percentage of Biden votes was literally just name recognition? Like these are people that didn't really pay attention to the entire primary or anything. They're just going down the list and looking for a name that they recognize. And it's like, oh, Joe Biden. Yeah, I know him. He's, you know, he was a VP. I'll vote for him. I don't think that. I know that because polls have showed that. Um, it was name recognition and they voted for the person that they knew because uh, they felt comfortable voting for a name that was familiar with them. And again, Joe Biden has the older vote on lock. Older people were voting for Joe Biden in you know, a mass amount. Sanders had the younger uh, votes on lock. But younger people weren't coming out uh, enough to to give them that boost. And obviously, Warren was still in there and she was sucking up some of the votes, too. Um, so, yeah, no, that is absolutely 100 percent true. Um, but it's going to be interesting now that it's Biden versus Trump because they both do really well with older people. So I'm, I'm going to be interested to see how that older voter turnout uh, splits for them. Um, but, yeah, no, that's that's 100 percent true. It's name recognition. Yeah, it's a, I, I, yeah, if I can jump in real quick. I know we've been uh, talking shit on, on Joe Biden nonstop here. <laughs> but, <laughs> I didn't even uh, mean for it to be that either. I <laughs> no, swear. I'm so glad. No, but, but, okay, so, he's he's so, the problem. Well, it's insidious. Yeah, go on. Right. One thing uh, I think I'd like to make clear, I'm, I'm curious how you guys feel too, is I, I would not be upset with a Joe Biden presidency. Like, you let me make that clear. If Joe Biden wins, I, I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be angry. I wouldn't be bummed out. I'd be like, mm-hmm. okay, he won, fair and square. Good for him. Let's move on. Mm-hmm. I, I just uh, just curious if anybody disagrees with a with that sentiment. I, I, you know what? I disagree. I think um, I cannot bring myself to vote for Donald Trump, but I personally would probably fare better under Donald Trump because there's more of a chance that Trump will pass UBI than Biden, even mm-hmm. though he's disgusting in so many other ways. So. Yeah, I, I will be upset with a Joe Biden presidency. I'll say, wow, this is actually the, the outcome that hurts me more. <laughs> I will be as bothered by a Joe Biden presidency as I would as Trump gaining re-election. Uh, I'd say it's pretty equal. Because, um, I mean, all Joe Biden really had to do is keep his mouth shut. Like, that was part of his campaign, just to keep him hidden away. He didn't have to do anything. <laughs> he literally didn't have to do anything. But a vote is a vote is a vote. And if you got people's votes and he got in, that's fine. But him being in office isn't going to do, again, it's not going to do anything for me, just like a Trump presidency is going to do anything for me. Um, there's some small things that, are, again, are going to make a difference, like climate change and stuff like that, which I fully and 100% acknowledge. But I wouldn't be outraged i wouldn't be super angry i'm disappointed already 
that we didn't get better candidates uh, further up. Like we had Tosi Gabbert, we had Andrew Yang. Uh, we didn't get those candidates further in, um, and that we kind of dropped the ball collectively this time around. I feel. Mm -hmm. well, uh, so, uh, okay? I'd like to ahead. answer that too. Um, yes, in please. terms of uh, the. Um, <clears throat> I wouldn't be upset if anybody, whoever wins, I'm not going to be upset because I noticed last time I even tried to escape the country and not have to watch <laughs> Donald Trump come on. I literally moved to Mexico and I did not what? have to watch Donald Trump come on. Yeah, I'll tell you later. <laughs> but, uh, you have like a surprising yeah, amount of agents. You're going to have to come on YGRL to come talk to <laughs> You were well, done. You wanted no parts. I went to I went to actual Mexico, not New Mexico. Yeah, and I didn't have to watch Donald Trump on the TV. I really hated that. Like I would just walk into some Thai restaurant or some Chinese restaurant or anywhere, like a bar, and he would be on the TV all day long, every day, whole elections. Right? I was like, oh, oh, great! When I'm in Mexico, I don't have to see this. It was bothering me so much. So I really didn't. I hated him to that extent. Wow. But then when I came, when I heard that he won, it was like within two days, I was like, I with it because you know what? The people decided, even if there was all this, you know, who knows what really happened? He didn't get the popular vote, all that, you know, but it was still like that many people voted for him. Right. So now mm -hmm. we got to live with it. We've got to live with the fact that there are real people behind this. So it's like mm -hmm. when people talk about like, uh, you know, the CCP, C CCP Chinese Communist Party or something like that and they talk about it like it's an entity with just anybody. It's not true. There are people who elected all of those people. There are people behind them who believe in them. There were people who really believed Trump's message that he was going to clean house and clear the oh. swamp and all this. Yeah, oh, he ran an amazing campaign. He ran an amazing campaign. Yeah, he ran the way he governed versus how he ran is 100% different, right? Amazing. Two-time Obama voters voted for Donald Trump. He ran circles around the Republicans, and he will run circles around the Dems. He can't, Joe Biden can't go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Donald Oh, he's going to die. He's going to be decimated. So you are 100% right, Faye. The people voted him in. Uh, he was a charlatan, right? But they did vote him in. And uh, I 100% acknowledge that. Electoral College and the whole, whole nine yards, I acknowledge that. And I never hated Donald Trump. I don't hate him. I just don't align with his policies. I think he's uh, ironically funny. He doesn't mean to be. He's funny. Um, <laughs> funny in a uh-oh kind of way. He funny, is uh -oh. funny. No, I mean, like, look, some of the most the horrible things. Yeah, like dark Biden. comedy. You know, it's a coping mechanism, but it's also <laughs> real comedy. It's yeah. funny how terrible things really have, have become. It's yep. unbelievable. It stimulates a comedic response in my brain. Like, yep. it's yeah. All right, so, uh, let's, let's, uh, let's talk about solutions. Um, what does Joe okay. Biden well, need? I wanted to be able to answer the question first before sure, yes. we move yeah. on. So uh, I might break from all you guys in my opinion, but I would actually be more disappointed if Trump won again. Granted, I know that's the most likely outcome, mm -hmm. but I feel like, yes, Trump would be more likely to give us UBI just because of ego, but I don't want my UBI check coming with uh, nuclear fallout That's fair. at the yeah. same time. Yeah. yeah. So especially because uh, the city I live in, we have uh, all the major bases that the government uses to operate and Raytheon. Uh, mm -hmm. I would be basically ground zero if 
uh, he actually started a nuclear war. So, um, Can I respond real quick when you're done? When you're done? Uh, yeah. So, um, so I just wanted to wrap that up by saying Joe Biden, for all of his flaws, is likely to not do anything. He'll waste four years of our time, but he's less likely to get us in a war. I agree. Real quick, I agree. That is a trade-off that we have to weigh, right? You're right. I agree with everything you said, but I have some, you know, another another case to be made. We almost got basic in, basic income in the 1970s. Until you know uh, the the neoliberal the neoliberals panicked. They put together a really effective plan to quash it for decades. And if we if we get Biden in, they're going to have the opportunity to do that again. I'd rather have a clown like Trump who's vulnerable to having to capitulate to populists in the moment and perhaps uh, accomplish something despite himself than. Joe business as usual Biden who will just completely block and discourage any progressivism. The other thing is, you know, we, we, we talk about not going into war. I'm pretty sure we're bombing like eight different countries right now. Like we're, we're still in technically illegal, illegal wars. We're still bombing other places. So like that hasn't even stopped. So yet Joe probably won't add more countries to that list, but the bombings will continue um maybe not over here and it's weird because trump tried to squash beef with like north korea right which obama tried to do the same thing and it was really weird because when obama tried to do it the republicans were like oh look at this guy uh smoozing up to a dictator oh this is horrible trump does it to like oh our president look at him look at this man so i don't like what he's doing with iran right but i did like what he was trying to do with uh north korea with trying to you know quell that so it's weird he's very he's an he's an amalgam he's it's he's a very weird person like you got out of the treaty with iran you you want to go to war you like with the whole i like you, we did what we did before with the ayatollah and, ayatollah and stuff like that we want to like destroy iran but we want to make it cool with north korea i yeah I, joe biden i don't know you're right he probably won't go to war with anyone he'll just our extra he'll just continue the bombings we're already doing it's unconscionable that they place the, the average American in this situation of making this choice of like, oh, you know, uh, lives overseas or lives back home. Uh, but one of the ways that the status quo preserves itself is by putting people uh, in, a situ- in a situation where they have to make a hard choice or they themselves lose. And, you know, we just we refuse to make the hard choice. Yeah. And lose. Like like in, it, it, it's like it's never the ice cream. It's either like the rotting meat or like the the stale bread or, or the cheese with maggots in it uh mm-hmm. make a choice it's like you you can't you can't have like decent food yeah i i brought up the you know david duke or richard spencer like uh you're <laughs> like like people are saying like, especially the like the blue maga people that are saying like you have to vote for like a, a joe biden no matter what it's the david duke richard spencer me, if they ask me, you have to vote for one of the two of them, David Duke or Richard Spencer. So I'm saying, all right, which one is the less racist? Which one wants black people dead the least? Uh, no, I'm not going to vote for either. And we need right. to change that that system that's having us vote for one of those two people. And that's that's kind of how I feel about Donald Trump. That starts with calling them out. They're not representing the reality of the situation. If so, no. I don't have to vote for one of those two people. In fact, yeah, Biden's not even the nominee. He's the presumptive nominee. There's a lot of things that can happen now. Let's talk about that, you know? Right. On the subject of war, I mean, we, we can't forget, Joe Biden lied to the American people to get us into Iraq. 
What would yep. stop Joe Biden from doing the same thing for Iran? Nothing. They're, nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. They lie to us blatantly and, and smile in our faces the whole time, especially someone like a Joe Biden. He lies constantly, constantly. It's, it's ridiculous. He's really good at it. Um, there has to be. And like you said, holding people accountable. That's why I was talking about Andrew Yang. That's why I was asking, do you think he's going to hold Biden accountable or, you know, buck against Biden? But you're right. I do think he believes, and this is just me projecting onto him, but I do think he believes Trump is an, a bigger threat uh, than, than Joe Biden. So he's, he's just going to swallow that pill um, to get Biden in there. But uh, I do like that he said, if Biden's in there in 2024, he'll run against Biden if shit ain't changed. So this is uh, probably our first real conversation together, Ronnie. And I, you probably don't know that I was just finished running for national delegate to the you know Democratic National Convention as a Biden supporter. And uh, I am, yeah, I just running, I lost my race. So another lady is going to go and I really like her. So I'm going to be inviting her to um, come and tell us what the experience is like. It's going to be her first time too. That's awesome. She's um, a black lady in my district and uh, she's very passionate about politics and she's um, doing this like for fun. Mm. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it keeps her active while she has lupus. And so wow. I'm like, I'm not competing with lupus, you know, <laughs> I'm stepping back. <laughs> this is great. You know, she's going to go and great thing. Um, but you see, I'm able to do that without violating my own principles, even mm. though I'm full on Yang gang all day long. And I told everybody in my district, I had the opportunity to tell all of these older people that, Hey, we have a problem right now. We've got two generations of people not showing up. If I'm the youngest person in the room, you know, in these uh, meetings, and I'm 46, I'm the same age as Andrew, mm-hmm. you know, so <laughs> I, I, I really had fun running. Well, happy birthday. Okay. So I feel like yeah, I learned a lot. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's your birthday. Oh, happy birthday. You were 45 last time. <laughs> no, it's true. I have, I have passed my birthday in, in May. I was going <laughs> to say you. she's going to be, she's going to be 26 <laughs> next year. <laughs> Oh, I know. (laughs) But yeah, like if I'm literally the oldest, the older person in the room when I go to the Yang Gang events and Mm -hmm. I'm the youngest person in the room when I go to my local Democrat Party stuff, there's where Mm -hmm. the divide is. And once that's why I'm so focused on the age issue right now. We've got young people to actually talk to the older people. Have you actually been to a Democratic meeting and met some of these people that we call the establishment? Uh, I don't think they'd like me. So no. <laughs> I have that fear as well. I really, I, I should go. I feel a little bit. Guilty. I should, I should go. I should I, go. Do you feel right. guilty? I feel guilty. I feel I a little feel, bit I, ashamed. I know I should, but I don't, I don't have it in me. I feel like I'm just, they just have to I'm sorry. I don't mean to shame you. No, no, no. This is coming from within. No, 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 no. I'm not like, I'm not blaming you for anything. This is me being like, I should do better. I should do what these other people are doing. I should rise to the occasion and I should fight for this with my friends. Mm-hmm. But I'm not. I'm not. So I feel bad. I'm just <laughs> saying I think it's okay like, to feel like, bad uh, when I go to them. I need to. I need to get there. You know, I'll get there eventually. I'll get to those meetings one day. <laughs> That's a <the> bootstraps. <laughs> bootstraps. When I talk to those people, I tell them, you know, hey, you guys are getting old. You notice no no young people are here, and they hate to hear it from me. They absolutely hate it's, it. It's true. It's they true. don't want to hear that. Do you think they want to live in <laughs> denial? Know? Do they want to feel like they're still? Of course they young, do, and like and, they're yeah. going to be they immortal their forever. Own and history party. ends with them. Like, is that is that why but they it's hate human? To hear it? Is it's it just triggering? a human feeling. Like, you know, they want to feel like they've done well. Yeah. 
they've done what they're supposed to do, but but they if they don't want to hear the criticism, you know, that just, just, you're not I mean, bringing not in new people, question. you have to invite them, you know. Invite them when and they, embrace some of their ideas. Embrace yes. some of the younger generation's ideas. We can't sit, we can't, you know, be be mad at the younger younger generation for not participating when they bring up ideas that they have and then they immediately get uh, squashed or they turn their nose up at them as if, you know, your ideas are stupid or, or you're just being, a, you know, a millennial and you don't know what hard times are. The times are different. The times are, are different. It's much different uh, than a lot than what a lot of these older generations have gone. There was a time when you could work a factory job, right, and be able to afford a house and have a family and still take vacations once a year and just one person. Weren't we talking about this earlier, Shale? We were talking book? about this I earlier. These ideas. I, we I was the one two hours that. ago. We said these words. Someone else said these yes. words on the same show. I said that was it. me. Well, you know what? It's the truth. I'm glad it's going around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I say, uh, as a uh, as an American manufacturer myself, uh, that reality still is possible. It's just a few, far fewer numbers um, mm-hmm. of those types of occupations are available. Yep. So that be you know, thanks to Joe Biden and NAFTA. <laughs> if people, if people don't know that that's not the reality, it's a very dangerous situation that we're in as a country, and that's what we're in. And I wanted to ask before we get too far away, Faye, just for clarification, when you bring up the average age of people at these local Democrat meetings, are they upset because they agree it's a problem and they're dismayed, or are they upset because uh, they don't think it's it's a problem and that they actually don't like young people and they don't think that we should see it that way? I think that there's uh, two different things going on. And yes, many of them do agree. They they look around and they are disappointed, but they don't think of it as their problem. They don't mm. think of it as something they've done. What, they what think of it as uh, young people are not willing to take that risk of going in there and then having to actually work their way up through the ranks. Like, for example, if Andrew shows up and says, I want to be president, they're all like, oh, yeah, really? You're going to show up for the first time and be now? You know, maybe well, you well, yeah, work because through it for five or six years and get to know all of us, and then you could be. <laughs> well, no, I'm coming out now because that's Andrew how, said something. Really thinking, you know? So, so they, so, so they're they're living in a bubble essentially, because that thinking is flawed. No, it's, it's just that that's how they've made their way through the life. When they were young, you had to prove yourself over five yeah, or six years, like, and eventually you would work your way up. You know, and then you become management, and then you become the boss. They, you know, they, that was, yes, that's the way I feel like we're well, running up against like some fundamental human or, social or constructs higher. that should supersede that, our, right? Yeah, you know. Art, let me so, tell you, let me just, let me just like was fired me, before we were hired. <laughs> I feel like we're coming up against some fundamental human social constructs that are in everybody you see across culture, right? That should supersede that. Mm-hmm. And what's truly disturbing in a world where everything is disturbing. And so pretty much we're, we're a nerd to it. Nothing's really disturbing anymore, but this really disturbs me. Yeah. That's not happening. Okay. There is a fundamental human social construct where it says, like, I am, I'm an elder, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm a part of this, this, this social nucleus, this, this thing, whatever this social body is, be it a club, an organization or a city, whatever. I have this fundamental human understanding that I need that it's my responsibility, no matter what, to pass this on to the next generation, right? If I want this to continue or to end it, if I think it's for best for society. But like, if I am in, if I am an elder and a leader of a multi-generational institution, it's absolutely implicit. It's ironclad that it, it is my responsibility 
to pass this on, to get some youngers in, yep. to, to make sure this keeps going. If that's not happening, that's stunning. That's yeah. that's stunning that, that that American culture can be so perverse and powerful. Yeah. This yeah. fundamental human social construct. That's my take. I mean, you know, do you guys agree? I, 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 I agree. You can't like you got let it go at some point and pass it on. Let it go. <laughs> like you got to let it go and you got to let the younger generation take the reins and move forward. But they're not even willing to meet them halfway. And now we got to take it. It's not. It's a human being thing. Well, the thing is, I've experienced this in organizations that I've been in, including um, martial arts organizations, where you may come in with better ideas, you may come in with more experience, but they're like, "I have seniority. I've put in the time here. I feel like you haven't paid your dues to be able to, you know, bring this to my level." So you have to earn your way first. It's insane to feel like it's not on you at all. Yeah, because like it's they not feel my like fault. I'm a shitty teacher. I ruined this thing, and you don't like it now. Yeah, because <laughs> they feel like you have to you have to earn your voice. Like you have to go in and put in the work before they'll respect you enough to listen to what you have to say. Very interesting. Right. So I'm a private tutor, and so practically every time I talk to people, I sound like a private tutor talking to it, to her students, like it's an occupational hazard. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like, you know, it can really be a turnoff, you know, for people. But then at the same time, um, I have not, um, I don't, I'm not trying to instruct people in a sense. I want to actually hear, you know, why they are thinking something. So that's really the thing is that you have to get to why they feel a certain way. And I can't represent all of the people, right? Because right. there are old elders who are helping me now. They are yeah. like, you are absolutely right. Okay, mm-hmm. we need to get young people. I don't care if it's their first time. They don't need experience to do this job. We are going to just give them that experience by helping them as mentors. Yep. But you have to admit that you're going to need those mentors. So you need the elders on your side. It's not like you can do it. You're, you can't do it alone. The first time I go to a convention, all I'm going to be doing is figuring out how it works. Yep. I'm not going to yep. know how to do all the things, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. like, you know, there has to be a little give on both sides. <clears throat> Absolutely. I, and I don't think the younger generation has any problem with giving a little a little bit of a give. Um, a lot of the younger generations, they have put their faith in, let's use Bernie Sanders, for example, right? The younger generation put their faith in Bernie Sanders. And uh, I mean, they were treated like shit <laughs> for it. So um, yeah, I don't, I don't think they have a problem with give, giving a little give. I think it's really on the on the opposite end. It's on the other end. They meet them halfway. And I think the results will be Great. I think we'll have much better results. I really do. Because you're right. Going to a Democratic convention and trying to operate it on your own the first time, it's nay impossible. You're not going to know what to do. You can hear them? Mm. Hi. Is it the, uh, the other Faye is here with me. Can you guys hear Faye or is it just me? She's there in person you. with you? She's in, in, in person with you? No, she's right. hearing an echo. Oh, she's on, she's on Discord. That's why I'm hearing oh, her on Discord. Oh, okay. That you guys, I'm so it. lost. What? <laughs> we have a there's very large fake. There's another okay, fake. Okay. Yeah, we have two, two people at any time. Who's on first? I thought <laughs> for a second she was like, there was another fake. You know what I mean? She was like, that would have been a different scenario that's not what, what was happening that would have been very yeah. interesting yeah. but um but you guys can turn on your imaginations and i'm gonna go have that two-way with the other Faye right now so i'll talk to you guys later thank you Thanks so much 
Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. I'm going to turn off the Zoom. Let me see. How do I do that? This is difficult. There he is. Wow, that's great. Upper right hand corner where it says end. This was a good one. This was a good yeah. show. It was uh, yeah. before we wrap up real quick. Um, uh, we we almost went down the road, but um, um, so uh, talk about solutions. Mm-hmm. What would it take for Joe Biden to do to earn your vote? Okay, uh, okay. So Joe Biden would have to, in some capacity, change his stance on how he feels about Medicare. Uh, because the current system's not working and Obamacare, uh, Obamacare wasn't even Obama's idea. It came from the Heritage Foundation, Chuck Grassley and Newt Greenwich and Mitt Romney all supported it. Obama took it and twisted it a little bit. That needs to be changed. So change his stance on healthcare to some degree. Um, obviously, you know, UBI and uh, his VP pick. Now, even if it's a means tested UBI, that means to some degree you're trying to get out of your shell. You're trying to get out of your bubble and acknowledge, even if you don't understand it, you're trying to acknowledge what we've been trying to present. Tulsi Gabbard, the UBI she offered was a means tested. What was it? 250 K and under or something like that. Hers wasn't a a freedom dividend. It wasn't Yang's UBI. So if we, some version of a UBI uh, change healthcare and then pick set up a decent VP. And I know that's, I mean, that's all perspective. What I see as a decent VP, somebody else may not. But for a decent VP, in my opinion, there you go. I, I can I can swallow that pill. I can give him my vote if he does those things. And I know we're going to get back into Paris Climate Agreement, obviously, and uh, you know the courts and stuff like that. Then I can say, all right, I can rest easy uh, just a bit until 2024. But if not, yeah, I'm good on Biden. Yeah, I feel the same way, 100%. 100%. And that's me, and that's me swallowing the Tara Reid pill. That's me swallowing it. I covered a bit four or no five stories. There are no good choices. I respect, I respect a lot of different positions. You know, I hear. But yeah, I mean, what about you? On. We have to. We have to create the choices ourselves, and that's what we do. We're creative. We're innovative, mm-hmm. and we we have to push our narrative and what we want, and it'll it'll eventually get there, no matter what happens in the political yep. sphere. Yep. You know, for sure, for sure, absolutely. Um, yeah. Who are you asking about? You said, "What about you?" For for the rest of you guys, what would he have to do to change? Well, I believe you said you wouldn't. He's not going to get your vote. They ain't I mean, like, what he would have to do? He would have to like somehow commit to UBI contractually, legally, and effectively in a way he could not get out of before. You know, after the election, he couldn't cancel it. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not sure what kind of mechanism would exist for that? But if one does, that is the only way Joe Biden could get my vote back. Okay. That's it. And I voted Democrat in like almost every election in my life. Uh, I voted, you know, Green Party sometimes. I never ever voted Republican. Don't plan to vote Republican, but I will not vote for a Democrat if the Democrats are going to occupy the progressive lane without being progressive. It's time to take a stand-ass stand-up for myself and my people. That's, that's where I am. So, yeah, Ariel, how about you? Uh, I, I, I would say that just he he needs to listen to yang if he doesn't listen to yang then i'll probably just sit home not care uh but but i mean it's it's gonna go for biden anyway i'm in Mm. california it doesn't matter so i'm i'm just i'm just gonna vote for yang uh on the on the thing because california is gonna go blue no matter what yep and angela what about you i would say that what i need from joe biden is for him to show that he's flexible on his stances. Mm-hmm. 
because I feel like he will listen to what people says, what people will say. He'll give them some lip service, but then nothing changes. I feel like if he went back and even revised just one of his policies, which for Joe Biden is really difficult, that's at least a baby step I'm willing to take as a sign of good faith. Yeah, and just think, Joe Biden could win this thing so fucking easy. So fucking easy. A means-tested UBI, a public option, Mm -hmm. Tulsi Gabbard. You put those three together, he would win in a motherfucking landslide. Landslide. Fucking game over. And it's so easy. And then have Tulsi speak for him. Once you get to make Tulsi, yeah, Tulsi's my VP. Just back up and let her do her thing. She's going to obliterate. You want to look at somebody that can stand up against a Donald Trump? Choose a Tulsi Gower. She's a fucking pit bull. Um, she doesn't flinch. She literally serves in the military. She's not afraid of Donald Trump. And uh, he can kind of just sit back and, you know, just ease into this thing. But he's the, the hubris. He's so full of himself. He's not going to do that. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the pathway is clear. It's, it's, just, it's just there for the taking. I, 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 can't, I, I can't fucking believe that he's just not going to just reach out and take it because he, he could have this in the fucking bag. Yep. But, well, you guys know what is awkward for me is, uh, did you see the interview that uh, Joe Biden did on his uh, his own podcast with Andrew Yang? Yes. I, I, yeah, uh, I, I couldn't yeah. bear to, no. But I saw bits and pieces. I didn't watch the whole thing. I saw bits and pieces. Okay. Um, with how Why would I hurt myself? He, well, it's, it was interesting because when anytime Andrew Yang said, well, you will be doing... Uh, Biden jumped in and very aggressively is like, no, Andrew, we will be doing we and like almost sounded mad about it. It's like, dude, if if you're hinting that Yang's got a spot in your administration, it's like, uh, like flat out make him the VP, dude. If that's what you're going for, do it. Right. But it, otherwise, don't just dangle that carrot in front of us. It's not enough pander. He wants to he wants to put a woman in there. He f- if, if I were. I would just press him about UBI. With yeah. Well, I remember y- Yang saying something like he was hinting at about being in the administration and saying like, so I can give Joe Biden a call and say, Biden, you know, don't do that. We need to focus on this. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if he's in Biden's administration in some capacity or if he's close enough to Biden that he can kind of guide him on some things um, that wouldn't surprise me at all. But whether Biden listens to Yang and actually does it, that's a whole, that's a whole different story. I want to bring it back real quick. Something you said earlier about the machine tearing people apart. If Biden takes Yang into his castle, you know, he could really do a lot of work on Yang. He could tear Yang apart. And it would also have the advantage of, uh, you know, drawing a lot of the Yang gang into, uh, you know, into some, uh, some of the Biden agenda mm-hmm. uh, when they shouldn't be. And because, right. because Andrew is being like captured and utilized as a tool. And that's a worst case scenario. I'm not saying that's happening, but it's like, it's a, it's a, it's something we should be guarding against and it's something we should not put out of our minds is like impossible. Somebody have to be vigilant against, unfortunately. That, it's a slippery slope. That's why I was saying to Faye, like, that's why, you know, I pressed on Andrew holding Biden accountable to some degree and standing firm on that. So he doesn't go on that slippery slope and doesn't fall into, you know, a Biden trap. Um, and that's why if I were to interview Andrew, um, I would press him on that, which I'm working on. I think Padgett actually just did an interview with Andrew today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So that's something I would definitely uh, talk to him about um, 
for sure. I think that you're right. It's a slippery slope. Even when he got on CNN, people were like, I don't know. But I, I feel like in the long run, it's going to help him out because that name at recognition. Oh, wait, Andrew Yang from CNN, that Yang? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's running. Dope. That's dope. Yeah, yeah. I like him. Him and Van Jones. If he stays true to himself, which looks like he has been, you know, Project 100, All-American, you know, uh, Humanity Forward, giving to people, he's still, it looks like he's, you know, hasn't fell into that chasm yet, even being on CNN. If he continues the way he is and still gets his face recognized, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. So... Yeah, I'm with you there. Yeah, yep. I think it's yep. all right. Yeah, 100%. All right. Cool, cool. All right, uh, going on, on two hours now. Should we uh, call it a wrap? Yeah, I, I yeah. yeah, let's wrap. I just did, I did, a, I was up to like two in the morning last night. I did uh, a live stream with, uh, my, with uh, Mindful Skeptics, too. Oh, nice. So, yeah. Very nice. Well, it's wonderful meeting you. Um, really, really enjoyed the conversation. I think it was a great episode. Please come back anytime. Uh, we, we do four episodes a weekend. If you want to just drop in the Discord, yeah. please, please do. And it's a place for people to meet each other in the UBI community. So, Absolutely. Thank you, you guys yeah. are awesome. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it, guys. Our pleasure. Yeah. So, thanks oh, for listening. Uh, Either hey, way, uh, bef- uh, before we go, hey, uh, Ronnie, uh, yes. uh, where can uh, folks find you at? Uh, so you can go on YouTube and type in Read My Lips or Read My Lips News and Politics. Um, you can find me there. I just made a Patreon, uh, Patreon slash The Real Be Serious, because YouTube's demonetization is insane. Uh, Twitter, you can find me at The Real Be Serious. That's T-H-E-R-E-A-L-B-C-E-R-E-U-S. I know it's kind of like, it's crazy, right? Um, but if you just go to my YouTube, you can get all the information there. YouTube, Read My Lips, also made a Read My Lips fan page. It's on Facebook, so go on Facebook and type in Read My Lips. That should pop up as well. Um, and I talk about news and, and Yang stuff. I'm trying to hit 4K subscribers, guys. I'm, I'm going to buy a subscribe as soon as we get off this call. So that's, yeah, I mean, that's great. Uh, uh, I want to ask Ronnie, like, um, is there a chance you can shout us out? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm working I mean, on a you video. Can't, you can't do that to our guests, Daryl. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do that. Shout, shout you out right now. No, but shout. do shout us out, though. Definitely, yeah. Right now or in my next video? Because I'm working on a video. Let me shout you out in the next video. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah just I say. got you guys. Thank you. What do you, want, what do you want me to say? Yang Roundtable? Or? Yang Gang Roundtable. Yang Gang okay. Table. And our right. anchor we're on Spotify. We live stream on Twitch four times a weekend. UBI Advocacy Podcast, bridging communication gaps in the UBI advocacy community. We talk about poverty, basic income, and electoral politics. Got you. Check, uh, stay tuned for the next video. It should drop by tonight. Awesome. I'm going to watch All it. Right. Thanks, man. Have a All good right, one. guys. You Thanks. too. Peace. Yeah, thank you so much, man. No thank problem. Thanks. Thanks for um, coming. Yeah. So uh, my name is Shale. My Twitter is at S H A E L R I. L-E-Y. Uh, Jeremy, you want to say goodbye? Yeah. Hey, uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody. This is Jeremy. You can follow me on Twitter at JeremySamons1, and that is J-E-R-E-M-Y-S-A-M-M-O-N-S, and the number one. Angelo. My name is Angelo Mendoza. You can find me at Hellion Hellfire on Twitter. That is H-E-L-L-I-O-N-H-E-L-L-F-I-R-E. And Ariel. Yeah, my name is Ariel. You can find me on Twitter at uh, Ariel's Armada. That is A-R-I-L-A-R-I-E-L-S underscore A-R-M-A-D-A. And you can also find me on YouTube as Revolutionary Thinking. Fake who had to leave early, but her Twitter handle is at Palestine Math. That's the country Palestine and the word, the discipline, math.
the academic discipline math there that's that's the word the, the category i was searching for well all right we've got three more podcasts this weekend two saturday one sunday i hope you join us and i hope you had a good time stay safe take care of each other we'll see you soon goodbye